So real quick before we get started, hey, FBC kids, y'all can go with Miss Patty. <laughs> totally forgot about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Woohoo! <laughs> Don't run over Mr. Mike. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so here we are. We're in week three of our series before, before you give up. And... You know, week one, we kind of looked at what defines us. You know, many of us would define the Apostle Peter as a denier. He denied Jesus. And instead of that being what actually defined him, Peter did so much more. But in our own lives, we kind of get caught up with what it is that, that maybe our past hurts, our hang-ups, our habits, whatever it may have been, that that's what defines us. But our, what defines us is our relationship with Jesus. And remember that we are Christ followers first and foremost. And as a follower of Christ, that's what should define each one of us. And then last week, we kind of looked at doubts. You know, we all have them. We, we all have doubts in our life. And, and like I said last week, when I was growing up, I was always, you know, you can't question God. But the reality is that when you look through the Bible and you look through the Psalms, that's exactly what they did. They question God. So he wants us to bring our doubts to him. He wants us to come to him and, and ask them questions. Be open and honest because guess what? He already knows what's going on. So if he knows what's going on, just go ahead and talk to him about it. Remember, it's not, a, it's not a matter of, you know, hey, sometimes I may be angry at God, and I'll tell him, God, I'm angry with you right now. It's not like he's going to poof and make me a pillar of salt. He, he knows where my heart's at. So this week, as we continue to move on, I want to talk about a crucial step in the process of, of really healing our hurts. Because, see, every one of us has hurts. Every one of us has some type of hurt within us. And whether that hurt came from, from a result of maybe ridicule, or maybe it was rejection from someone or something, or maybe it's abuse, or for some of us, maybe it's a dysfunctional family. You know, whatever it may be, maybe it was a toxic Christian inside a church that hurt you. And believe it or not, you might say, oh, wait, 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 toxic Christian inside a church? Isn't that kind of like an oxymoron? But every one of us can actually say, hey, we know toxic Christians. We know people who, who say things that shouldn't be said. And remember, once it comes out of your mouth, you can never take it back. And there are people who have been hurt inside a church because of a fellow Christian that they were relying on to the point that they won't even go to church or they won't even attempt to go to church. And, and instead of going and bringing it to Jesus and realizing that Jesus is who they serve, they worry and they will refuse to actually walk inside of a church. You know, may, maybe it was a romance that went sour. Maybe it was betrayal of a friend. You know, we all have those friends that have betrayed us at some point in our life. And, and it really hurts, especially when it's someone who's close to us. You know, and, and it may be something recent. It may be in the past. It may be something that's still confusing to you. But we all have hurts. So, and I, one thing I want you to understand this morning is that our hurts are not ignored by God. Our hurts are not ignored by God. As much as we may feel like it is sometimes, we don't feel his presence, and we wonder why, God, where are you in this? Today's scripture is going to let you know that your hurts are not ignored by God. 
So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew uh, in front of you. And, and what I really want you to look at this morning in this scripture and, and realize that just as Jesus empathized with the pain of his friends at Lazarus' death, he, he not only empathized with their pain, but he also that he's going to care for us. We see his empathy. We see him being there for someone who's hurting. Well, that same feeling that he was there and that same empathy that he was there with Martha and Mary and, and the friends of, of the family, he's got that same empathy for you in your hurts. And hopefully through this, we can see this morning that we can actually take our hurts to him and that Jesus does actually care when we're hurting. So John chapter 11, verses 17 through 37. It says, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus was, had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up and quickly, quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the same place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? So what we see here this morning is we see Jesus' compassion and his empathy on full display. You, you, you really see it in here. And I want you to notice that before Jesus actually raised Lazarus from the dead, before he prayed amongst the people who were there, before he actually told men to roll the stone away, he did something else. There's something else he did. And many of us may know this is the shortest verse in the Bible, but John 11:35 35 says, Jesus 
wept. Before he did anything at all, Jesus wept. And it always really confused me. I said, well, wait a minute. Why did he weep? And I want you to think about this one. Why did Jesus actually weep? What, what, you know, why did he cry? Why did these tears come from his eyes? Because he knew what he was going to do. He knew he had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew he could bring the suffering that Mary and Martha were going through. He could bring that from, from misery to dancing. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what he had the power of doing, but yet he wept. He took the time before praying, before having people move to stuff, before any of that, he showed compassion. He, he showed that he understood their hurt, that he hurt with them, and he cried. And I think a lot of times, you know, this is over-spiritualized, and people try and come up with all these different reasons on why Jesus wept. Well, it's actually in the Scripture. If you look back at verse 33, it actually said this. When Jesus saw her, he saw Mary crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. So Jesus wept because of the tears of Mary. Jesus wept because of the people who came with her. He felt their mourning, he felt their pain, he felt their hurt, and it hurt him. It hurt him to the point that he even wept along with them. He, he knew what he was about to do, but he cried anyways. He, he knew what he would do, but Mary was hurting, so he hurt. Mary was crying, so he cried. He knew exactly what she was grieving, and he grieved with her. We serve a God who feels your hurts. We serve a God who knows your hurts. And I would suggest to you, if you're hurting in some way this morning, know that God cares for your hurts. Just as he cared for Mary and Martha and the people's hurts, he cares for your hurts. And I think a lot of times we get a, a side of that and, and we forget about that. But as we look at this story, we need to realize that there's a crucial step that a lot of times we forget about when we're hurting. We, we forget about it because we're too woes me. We're too, you know, I, I don't want to be around people. But we need to realize that God comforts you. And the big thing is we may know he comforts us, but we need to let him comfort us. Actually, let him do what he does. John eleven thirty five 35 may be just two words, but I think it is the biggest scripture in the Bible. The realization, the shortest verse, two words, but the impact that it has in our lives is unbelievable. Jesus wept. The creator of everything, he was there for the creation. He knew he was going to the cross. He knew everything he was going to do, but he felt the remorse that Martha and Mary felt. He showed his human emotion, and if he can show his human emotion, why don't we? Why can't we take that same time and, and show our emotion and, and not try and keep it bottled up, knowing that he hurts with us? He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He felt the pain. You think about it, just like before when he cried over looking at Jerusalem. He cried over Jerusalem knowing 
what was going to happen. But he also cried over Jerusalem, knowing the hurt and the pain and the struggle that the Jews were going through. He felt that pain here, and he felt it there. And I want you to really understand it and really believe that the things that are hurting you even now, at this very moment, brings tears to him also. And I know it's easy yeah, amen and nod in your head, but really think about that. Think about what's hurting you right now hurts him. Have you ever really thought about it? You know, it's one thing to say, you're right, pastor, amen, but really taking time to think about it. What is physically hurting you right now, what is emotionally hurting you right now, hurts him also. It's hurting him to see you hurt. He wants to see a change in your heart. He wants to see you better. And we need to understand that he hurts with us. You're not going through this alone. It's not about yourself. And we really need to understand it. And whether our pain is a result just like Mary and Martha of the loss of a loved one, or maybe just some injustice going on in our lives, <clears throat> whatever it is, He's there for us. If, if what we're going through is just like Jesus as a result when he cried over Jerusalem, knowing that he was going to die for the sins of us, or, or whether it's the sins of other people, or maybe your own sins, that you've got this hurt, you've got this thing going on, we, we need to remember that we can take it to him. And see, John's gospel reveals to us that our God is a God who cries. Isn't that amazing? Our God is a God who cries. He cries and he cries for you, for the pain that you feel, for the hurt that you're going through. Whatever it is in your life, he knows it and he's hurting with you. He, he's, he's going through it with you. And, and the realization is we just need to know that he's there for us. Realize it. Realize you're not doing it alone. He's bearing that hurt with you. He's going through that sorrow with you. He's there by your side. And even I know that when we're going through it, we really don't feel it. We may not feel his presence, but no, he's there with you. He's walking with you through it. And I think another big thing besides just knowing that, that God's with us through it, he's, he's there walking with us, that we not only need to let God comfort us, but we need to let others comfort us as well. Let others come alongside of us, other brothers and sisters in Christ. And as it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, we also, through Christ, our comfort overflows. So you see, if, if, to truly experience this healing, we need to let others extend that true comfort to us. We need to allow others to come to us. And, and the realization is most of us don't really understand what comfort is. We have this vague idea of what comfort might be and and, but we really don't understand comfort. And if you look at the example of, uh, of Jesus, 
Let's look at some things Jesus did not do at the tomb that unfortunately a lot of times we do thinking that we're comforting someone. You notice he, he didn't dismiss Mary's pain. He didn't tell her, oh, don't worry about it. You, you shouldn't feel bad. Anyone ever told you about it? Oh, don't worry about it. You shouldn't feel bad about that. You notice he didn't even offer advice. Well, you know what I would do in that situation. Jesus didn't do that. You also notice that, that he didn't try and cheer her up. He didn't tell her jokes. He didn't try and make things happy. And the one thing, he did not actually over-spiritualize it by reading scriptures to her or ask her, well, did you pray enough? Because unfortunately, that's what we do. And we think we're comforting someone when really none of that is comforting. Think about your own situation. If someone approached you that way, would it bring you comfort? No. You'd be like, y'all need to leave. Just leave me alone. Get out of my house. See, a lot of times I don't think we really understand what that comfort is and what it is. But, but I think real comfort, what it really looks and feels like is this. When someone's hurting, they don't need to hear, I know exactly how you feel. You think you've got problems, let me tell you about mine. You know what you need? You need a double fudge brownie with ice cream on top. Now, I'm here to tell you, as much as that may settle things, it probably isn't, you know, it probably isn't going to bring healing. It might bring you comfort for a little bit, but that comfort's not going to last long because about the time that fudge brownie's gone and that ice cream on top of it's gone, you're going to be hurting again anyways. And then the extra weight it's going to put on really ain't going to help you anyways. Although it will bring you satisfaction for a moment. <laughs> But I think what people want to hear, what they truly want to hear, and for that real comfort, is I'm sorry you're in such pain. I, 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 it hurts me to see you hurt. See, when we're really given comfort, it, it's not only words, but it's what we're doing. It, it's words and deeds, because words don't always just bring comfort. It's what we actually do in that situation. If you're really hurting with the person that hurts, if you're really feeling that pain, you know, that realization of, hey, I'm sad because you're sad. I'm hurting because you're hurting. I may not understand what you're going through, but I don't like to see you cry. I don't like to see you in this situation. That is what real comfort looks like. It's not, oh, we need to pray about it. Guess what? Yes, you do need to pray about it, but you know what they need first? They need to know you care. They need to know, just like Jesus wept, they need to know that you actually care about what they're going through. It's not just words, but it's deeds. It's the actions that you do. And just as Jesus knew what he was going to do, his actions showed that he was sincere, that he actually cared for them because he actually wept. He cried over them. Jesus wept. And believe it or not, that's the kind of comfort that changes people's hurts. It changes how somebody feels. And in fact, I'll go so far as if you've never asked a brother and sister in Christ to come alongside of you to, to give you comfort, I guarantee if you got a hurt in your life, there's certain things you're doing with it. And I know because I'm a master at it, I swallow it. No one needs to know about this hurt. I'll just 
swallow. I'm just going to stuff it down inside so that no one knows about it. I'm just going to keep it inside, and you know, sooner or later it's going to overflow, and it's going to burst out, and it's going to be really ugly, and I'll probably say things and do things that I shouldn't say, but, but I don't need no help. I can do it on my own. Uh, or, or maybe you try and ignore the hurt. You try and, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to it, or, or you try and forget about it, or maybe you just go, you know what, this person hurt me, I'm going to go get revenge. I'm going to go get revenge on them for what they did, or, or maybe you find some other relief for the pain. Maybe you find relief in a bottle or in a drug. Maybe you find relief by doing things you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you find relief by isolating yourself in a dark room someplace and not allowing anyone to come near you. Not answering your phone, not answering emails, and you start to self-isolate yourself and you think, woe's me, I am all alone in this, and then you start to give up. Before you give up, remember Jesus wept. Remember, Jesus cares about your hurts. Remember, you have brothers and sisters in Christ that you can go to that care about your hurts. You never have to go through it alone. You never have to get to that point where you just got to swallow it and put it away, try and ignore it or do whatever it is. Healing will come. But we need to let the God of comfort cry with you. Know that he cries, know that he hurts, know that he feels what you're feeling. Let him go through it with you and let him work on your heart. Remember, the, the comfort that we get, like the Bible says, will overflow within us when we allow Jesus and someone else to come alongside us during that hurt. And here's the realization. After someone comes alongside of you through that hurt and, and you get that mending, that's when God's going to use you to help someone else who may be going through that same hurt that you've already been through, that you've already walked through, that you've already been through, and, and you know that, hey, you know, this is how I got my strength. This is how I got to be able to get through it. And I got through it because of God and this person that I trust in my life. I got through it because of this brother or sister in Christ, and I refused to give up. You know, the 80s band R.E.M., some of y'all may remember them because we're all about the same age. Actually, one of their songs said, everybody hurts sometimes. Boy, that's a reality, isn't it? Don't all of us hurt sometimes? All of us, go, and no matter how good you think you are, guess what? Every one of us go through hurts. Every one of us has something that hurts us, something that we go through in his life. And, and whether it's an illness, whether it's someone else, uh, it comes in different forms. You know, losing a loved one. Uh, this past Thursday would have been my mom's birthday. Um, and I actually asked Patty, I said, hey, by the way, how'd I do on Thursday? And she said, well, you were really happy because of the amount of kids you had in youth. But other than that, you were kind of quiet. And, and you know, I really tried to, hey, you know, I, it's been a while since my mom passed away. Um, but there's still dates that bring it back. And, and, and it's funny because I kind of chuckled on Thursday night when, when we had all these youth come in. And it was on what would have been my mom's birthday. I actually said, thanks, mom. I said, thank you, Mama. I know you're here. I know you're, you're doing something still, and I appreciate you, you bringing joy during my time of hurt. 
And I thank Jesus for what he was doing in my life. But I understand that heartbreak, uh, it hurts. It, it, it hurts when, when we lose affection from someone, when we lose someone that we love. Um, like I said earlier from, you know, people in church. People in church who may hurt us. You may get hurts from physical injuries, from addictions, diseases. Everybody hurts. There's no escaping it. Some of you may be hurting right now. Some of you may have a hurt in your life today that's bothering you. And others may be going, hey, I'm having a good day. But tomorrow's coming. I know there may be more hurts in my life and, and realize there's no escaping it. There, there's no escaping hurts. All of us are going to have them. And there's no being spiritual enough not to have hurts. Because I don't care how spiritual you are, you're still going to go through it. You're still going to have times in the valley just like you have times on the mountaintops. Matthew 5.45 says this, So that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So you're never going to be spiritual enough or think you're righteous enough not to have hurts. They're going to come on all of us the same. And I think the problem of pain is in this life that we live is we're going to have pain until we're restored. Until the day Jesus comes back, we're going to have pain. We're going to have suffering in our life. But the realization is we know in the end, we know the end of the story. We know we're going to spend eternity with him in glory with no more pain, no hurts, no tears, nothing. But while we are here on earth, remember that he still loves you and he is weeping for you and he's weeping with you. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to put us to the side and say he doesn't care. He cares about our hurts, but we also need to care about the hurts of others. We also need to care about how we may hurt others. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we can say and do things that will hurt a person to the core. As a, as a husband and a spiritual leader in my house, I could say things that could hurt my relationship with my bride. And I may say things to her that I don't say to anybody else. But as a spiritual leader, I need to understand that I'm not perfect either. In my house, it's 51% to 49%. But trust me, that 49%, you can ask Patty, she'll tell you, that 49% has a lot of weight on my 51% decision. Because I need to make sure it's not going to hurt her. I need to make sure that it's going to be okay. I need to make sure that what I'm doing is not for me, that I'm not being selfish, that it's not going to hurt someone else, but that together, that as we move forward, that we can continue to do what God called us to do and hopefully alleviate some of the hurt. Now, I want to let you know that every one of us, like I said, we all go through, we all have hurts. Sometimes they're our own boneheadedness. Sometimes it's our own pride. We let our pride get, a, get in the way, and then we end up hurting others. We hurt people we love, or we hurt other people in our life, maybe coworkers or whatever. 
Uh, there, there's this, this time when, when you need to get out of your own way and, and you need to take that time and go ask God for that forgiveness. Ask him to forgive the sin. Ask him to forgive whatever it is you're going through that's hurting other people. And I think a lot of times what happens is we hurt other people because we're actually hurting ourselves. There's something inside of us that, that we're trying to swallow, that we're trying to keep down inside of us so that, oh, I don't need people to know I'm hurting. But then you lash out at others. And, and it comes to find out it's just something that you're harboring inside yourself. It's a feeling that you have and you're just lashing at other people and causing hurt because you're hurt. Make sure you deal with your own hurt first. Make sure you take that time to deal with your hurt. And I think a big thing besides knowing that we can go to God with our hurt is knowing that community is a big part of our help. Community is huge. Community is actually a key in helping us through our hurting situations to help us get through it. And for, for the community, for us, I want to give you four things that can help. If you know someone who's hurting, four things that you can do to actually help them along with working through Jesus. And the first thing is offer a ministry of presence. Offer a ministry of presence. Now, that's one thing. we it, It's our motto within the uh, Sheriff's Department chaplaincy that we as chaplains are a ministry of presence. See, all of us have two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should listen twice as much as we talk. But the, and that's what that ministry of presence is. Unfortunately, most of us talk four times as much as we listen. Well, we talk over people when they want us to listen. But that ministry of presence, uh, you, you look at the, the story of Job. We all know how bad Job's friends were. But if you look back at the very beginning of the book of Job, when Job first started to hurt, his friends provided a ministry of presence. They showed up because he was hurting. They were by his side because he was hurting, and they didn't say a word. Until later in the story, when they started letting their opinions come in. But they had that ministry of presence, and sometimes that's all someone needs. They just need someone there to listen, to be there in their presence, to know that they're not going through it alone, and to know that maybe they just got a shoulder to cry on, that they got someone that they can vent to, that they got someone they can talk to. And, and just remember that Rick, Pastor Rick Warren actually said this, the deeper the pain, the fewer words needed. The deeper the pain, the fewer words needed. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to do all the talking. I have actually sat next to people who were going through pain, and we probably sat there for a good half hour, and no one ever said a word. We cried together. We hugged. I got Kleenex, gave it to them, took the Kleenex that they blew all the snot in and threw it away and gave them a new one. I was there in their presence. I was there for them during that time. And that's the first thing. Be that ministry of presence and that ministry in their life. Now, now the other thing, you also need to offer a, minister, a ministry of absence. You might be saying, wait a minute, Pastor. You want us to be present. Now you want us to be absent. And, Mike, i got to say, that's funny. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's a time to be 
There's a time that you need to step away. That you need to step away and just let them deal with it themselves. Because sometimes we become overbearing and we're there too much. And realize that sometimes you need to give them that, give them the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? It's okay if you don't come to Bible study. Hey, you know what? It's okay if you don't do this social event or you don't do that. It's okay. Allow them the opportunity to say no. If someone's grieving and someone's hurting, a lot of times they don't want to show up for a woman's breakfast, men's breakfast. They don't want to show up at an event at work. They don't want to do this. Give them that opportunity to say no. Give them that opportunity that they don't feel like they have to do something. If they want to take time and be alone, give them that time to be alone because the Holy Spirit sometimes and a lot of times works in that empty space, works in that time. The next thing you need to do is keep showing up. Keep showing up for the person. Keep showing up. Even if you, you're texting them and you're calling them and, and they're not answering the phone, they're not answering text messages, continue to follow up. Because they may be in that time when, when they really don't want to talk. It may be a bad day. It may be a bad situation. And there's that day they just need to be in their dark room. But keep showing up. Remember, some are going to self-isolate. Some people don't want to talk. Some people may just want to talk sometime. But keep showing up. Keep being available for them so that they know that you're there to support them, that you know that they know that they're there for them. Because remember, grief, grief looks, moves like scribbling across a page. Sometimes you can't understand what's going through, and, and, and it just continues to go. And, and one day the person may want to be alone. The next day, they're going to want to be by your side. They're going to want someone there to be there and comfort them, to reach out, so be consistent and continue to be a part of their lives. Check in with them and don't take it personally because that's what happens a lot of times. Why well, texted and called? They're not doing it. Oh, well. Keep it up because believe it or not, anyone who's in here who's hurting, who's received them text and phone calls on the other side that, that them times you've like pushed it off and said, I don't want to talk. There's a time you look forward to that text. You look forward to that phone call. You look forward to, hey, can we just have a cup of coffee? So, so be consistent in your reaching out to people. And last but not least, practice compassion and patience. You know, when people deal with, with hurt and disappointments, all of us do it in unique ways. We, we kind of have our own way of dealing with things. And maybe we won't fully understand the way that our friend grieves or the way that our friend deals with pain because we do it differently. Show them compassion and be patient because every one of us is different than what we do. The, the word compassion actually means to suffer with. So you come alongside and you're suffering with them. And if you look through the Bible, you see Jesus did it all the time. He he had compassion on the crowds. He had compassion on the people who were hurting. He had compassion 
over the city of Jerusalem before he went in. Be willing to offer that same compassion and that same patience that God had with you, with other people that you come in contact with. You know, and it may be to a point where as you're going through it that you may ask, God, is this ever going to end? God, why me? Understand that he, he's there with you and there's always a, a purpose. We just always don't know it. We always don't understand it. And, and I look back at, through the Bible, you look at the woman with the bleeding issue. She went through that bleeding issue for a long time. You look at what Job went through. Look at even what the life of Joseph. We all look at Joseph's life and we think of the end, you know, when the whole family got back together and they all had food and we look at the ending and it was a happy ending. Think about the 13 years in between. The pain, the suffering, the hardship. Most of us don't like going through pain, suffering, hardship for 13 minutes. He went through it for 13 years. For 13 years, he went through pain and suffering <clears throat> and even kind of had a weird encounter with his parents and with the family. But he continued to move forward in all that he did. I think of Jeremiah. Jeremiah spent his entire life in painful circumstances. Serving God, but his entire life was painful. Suffering will end when we're all redeemed. That's when suffering will end. But in that meantime, we can still live a fruitful and joyful life. It's the choice that we have to be fruitful, be joyful in all that we do. I actually read this talking about Joseph. Uh, Francis Schaeffer in his book, No Little People, actually said this. Even in adversity, Joseph truly lived in the presence of God who was there. It was his practice, his attitude. Many of us would be tired after 13 hours of adversity, but Joseph endured for 13 years because he understood that God really exists and that he is a God even in the midst of wickedness and injustice. He's there for us. He is there for us through everything that we're going for. And understand that God can break into our messes. He can break in, help us, help us go through it, help us understand it better because he cares. But us as Christ followers need to be willing to do the same thing. Be Jesus with skin on in somebody's life. Understand that if you're the one hurting, there is someone you can reach out to. You don't need to do it alone. Just as Jesus emphasized, the empathized, wow, I can't even talk now, empathized with the pain of his friends when Lazarus died, we know that our hurts are not ignored by God. He does not ignore them. And you know, today, there's someone here today who's probably hurting, who's probably going through something, and, and you're sitting there and you're trying to do this whole, I'm going to keep it inside. I can deal with this myself. I, I don't need nobody. And I know me because that's me. That's me. I'm the, I'm the one who, hey, I'm hurting, but I don't need nobody. I'll figure it out. God feels your hurts. So I want to encourage you, if you're hurting today, give it to God. 
If you're hurting today, get, find a brother and sister in Christ that, that you can lean on, that you can depend on to be there for you. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to understand and do exactly that. Be willing to be there for someone who's hurting. Be willing to be there even when they don't answer your text messages or phone calls. Be consistent because there's going to come a day when they need to talk. There's going to come a day when they need someone to be with them just to hear them, just to listen to what they're going through. You could be the difference between someone giving up and someone not giving up. You can be that difference. Be that difference in someone's life today. So during this final worship song, there's going to be some prayer partners up here. So if you're hurting, you got something going on in your life, <clears throat> during the final worship song after my prayer is everyone else is leaving, I want to encourage you to come up front. I want to encourage you to, to come up here and lean on one of these brothers or sisters in Christ. Take that time and, and explain whatever your hurt is. Allow them to be there with you. Allow them to pray with you and for you. And know that God hurts with you. When your heart is crying, he is crying with you. Don't ever forget that. I think so many times in this life we try and figure it out on our own. Let Jesus be there with you. He cares for your hurts. He cares for you. So I want to encourage you, if you're hurting, uh, Valerie, Maureen, Tracy Fry will be up front during the this final worship song. Move this way and take that time with someone else. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all that you do. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, that you care about us. Lord, that our hurts don't go unnoticed. Lord, we see today the shortest verse in the Bible, that Jesus wept. But Lord, that has so much impact on our lives. Knowing that you care, knowing that you're human, knowing that you wept because you felt the pain that others were going through. Lord, as we're called to be Jesus with skin on, Lord, as we're called to be like you, may we do the same thing. May we weep for others. May we be open enough to share our hurts. Lord, teach us not to stuff it. Teach us not to hold it in till it explodes. Teach us to ask for forgiveness. But Lord, most of all, teach us to seek you in all that we do. And Lord, we love you. We seek to praise, honor, and glorify you in all that we do. Lord, we make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to, 
go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.